thank you so much and I really appreciate you coming back to spill the tea um, of course you're welcome we loved your, our first podcast together so I'm so glad to have you back and to talk about you know what it's like to um, be a child of a parent you know who um, suffers from a purple cause um, and the cause that we both um, are indirectly affected by is cancer um, so yes yeah. I wanted to do this episode because um I haven't said on the podcast at all, but my mother died from cancer um about eight years ago. Um I should yeah, uh, eight years ago. So I um have been affected by that, you know, tremendously of course. And it was just a lot even going with her to appointments and you know, for a long time, she didn't even tell her she had cancer. So I really wanted to um, hear someone else's perspective of how they're, you know, how, you know, you're dealing and coping with it. And I know you said the cancer affects both your parents. And if you could just tell us a little bit about what your journey with that is like. And, you know, gratefully, they're both still with us. So I kind of wanted to have that perspective of someone who is, um, you know, still dealing with it. You know, for me, that journey is over. But there's lots of people who, you know, have to cope dealing with this. Um, so I just wanted your, you to share your feelings about it. Sure. Um, sure. Of course, I want to start out by saying um, thank you for sharing that. Um, even with time passing, um, I have a close friend who um, her son, she passed from cancer, but her son, um, young adult, is still, I guess, dealing with her loss. And it's been a couple years now, more than three, I would say. But um, I was going to ask you before getting into it, um, Mother's Day just, and from what you shared, it's been about eight years. I wondered how Mother's Day is lately for you and if it still has the same sting, if af- over time you've just gotten better at handling it and how this past Mother's Day being someone that lost someone for cancer, your mom, especially how that has been. Cause I know there are definitely people that are coping from recent losses um, and not so recent losses. And I've, I wonder, and maybe you can share from your perspective, what's the best way to be a support for people that have gone through that during that time as well? That's a great question. Um, and let me tell you, Juju, this has been a long journey. So, um, it was very excruciating for me when my mom first died. I was uh, 23 at the time. I had just turned, like, she died, like, a couple weeks after I turned 23. And I was wow. in college still, and I was getting my second degree. And it was, like, I was mortified, honestly. Um, mm. I had gotten to a, a place where me and my mom were getting back close because we had, you know, have had, had some rough years and I was finally getting to a point where I could understand her as an adult and all the things mm-hmm. struggled and dealt with. So I, we were kind of like building a bond and then like, you know, um, she, we found out she had cancer and she was going on hospice and it was just super hard and she didn't tell us as long as she knew. And so it was something like, it was a gradual thing. It didn't happen like instantly, but I tried to prepare myself. But when she died, I realized that, you know, you cannot prepare yourself for your mother dying. Um, mm. 
platform that you have a close relationship with. And I used to literally scream and cry myself to sleep at night. Like, I literally cried myself to sleep. And I'm pretty sure, like, my neighbors could hear me because, like, I used to mm. be at the top of my lungs crying and screaming. And that's just how I would go to sleep every night. Um, so I definitely did not deal with this in the most healthy way. I definitely know that I should have went in and got some counseling um, even one of my managers at my job, I worked um, at the student union at the time at my school doing um, just administrative work. And, you know, one of my managers had said, you know, you should go talk to the school counselor. And I, I just never did. And I, I coped with it by working a lot. So I was working through jobs mm-hmm. and I was going to school, like even after my mom's service, like you know, people go to service and then you go to the house with your family and you sit around and talk. I stayed there for like 10 minutes and then I left and I went to work. Um, mm. Just because I couldn't deal with it. And the only way that I knew how to deal with it is to keep myself busy. So I literally mm. just go to school, work, uh, work, <laughs> go to sleep. And that was my life for a long time. And uh, so that lasted, you know, you know, me crying myself for months, and then, like, I was just miserable, at least the first, I'll say, two or three years, and um, I had recently shared this on my podcast where I was just speaking to, you know, I just speak freely from my own personal um, experience, and I was saying that um, it, it was, I, I did not do what I needed to do, and I held on to, you know, the hurt and the pain. There were times where I would be happy, or I would smile, or laugh at something, and then I would get mad at myself, like, your mom just died, why are you laughing, and <laughs> it's like, so- you felt guilty for being guilty. happy, yeah, I felt guilty, I felt like, you know, how, how, you know, how dare you be laughing at this TV show, or laughing with your friends, and your mom is dead, and I, and I felt that guilt for a long time, and to the point where I didn't even allow myself to be happy on certain days, like, there were days mm. where, you know, her birthday is hard day for me, Valentine's Day, um, Halloween, uh, Mother's Day. And I just, you know, wrote about this in the past, um, talked about this on my Mother's Day post. Um, but this year is better, you know. I've done a lot to heal myself and to forgive her for some things in my past that I hadn't forgave her for. And just making peace with letting her go. Because for so long, people used to tell me, like, you know, you you have to move on. You have to let her go. And I'm like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm never letting my mom go. I'm never going to stop being sad about her not being here. And for some reason, I felt like I'm a very loyal person. So I felt like me not being sad or me not crying or me not being hurt or me not, you know, dwelling on the fact that she was dead was somehow me being disloyal to her, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't ever want my mama to feel like I don't miss her, you know, because I do believe that, you know, I still interact with her. And, um, you know, I tell people this all the time and people think it's a joke, but like when I pray, I pray to my mom, you know, my mama always has my back. So when I pray, I pray, I I literally say, okay, mama, this is what I need to do. This is what I need. And I, I just felt like if I ever allowed myself to be happy or to, not miss her that that was somehow you know me being disloyal to her or me 
you know, or her saying, like, I don't love her anymore. I don't care that she's dead or anything like that. So, like I said, as you can tell from just me saying that, I had a lot of emotions going on. I didn't deal with it in a healthy way. I buried myself in to work. Um, but I'm getting better. And it really just took for me to heal myself and to deal with a lot of things mm. that I hadn't dealt with in my past, in my childhood, um, forgiving myself for some things, forgiving her for some things, you know, and just making peace with the fact that, you know, I, I do feel like we could have had an even better relationship and grew had we had the chance, but just mm. being okay with the fact that we had the times we had and she knew yes. that and just just trying to be satisfied, you know, because yeah, at the end of the day, like, she knows that I love her and I know that she loves me. And, you know, I had to learn for that to be enough, you know? A lot of times mm. in the situation, we want to, what if our way to perfection or, you know, make ourselves feel bad because things aren't perfect or things didn't go how we wanted them to go. I even blame myself for not knowing certain things. Like, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, like being more healthy with like your food and things you were eating and all of that. Yeah. could have mm-hmm. helped change the course of her cancer or, you know, at least help her maintain it. And I was mad at myself. I was like, why didn't you know these things? And why didn't you learn these things? And, you know, just upset. But then again, I have to realize like, you know, when my mom finally told us she had cancer, it was, she had knew for years. So, mm. a lot of me. Mm. So, but. Right. The last, the last, this last holiday was better. Um, I just, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I guess I can relate to a lot that you just said. Um, before both of my parents were diagnosed with their cancer, um, one of my um, coworkers and one of my closest friends um, had passed from cancer. I, like you, did not know she had cancer um, for a long time. Um, she had, um, I guess, retired from the, her position and we were celebrated. And then I think it was a year or well, some time had passed after that. And I had moved on to something else as well. And we went out to celebrate each other and, you know, different things in our lives and, you know, just enjoying life, not thinking anything, but, um, when I was getting ready to apply for grad school, um, she, of course, was one of the first people I could think of to write one of my um, references for me. And she met up with me. We met up and, you know, over dinner and talked and, you know, went through that process. And after the dinner, she shared with me, um, hey, um, I this is what I've got. And I was floored. Um, I had no clue. I should have, like you, I was always thinking, well, I should have known, like, she was out from work from this time and, you know, this and that. But she didn't say why. And I didn't ask her. And I just was like, you know, what do you need me to do? I'm there for you. You know, didn't suspect, think anything. But she told me then. And I think I remember her just asking me not to tell anyone. And I didn't. Um I didn't know what state her cancer was in until the end. Um, There was a point where hospice was um, her situation as well. And I will never forget the last time I saw her, last time I talked to her. 
um, it was shortly after her birthday. Um, um, I visited her in the hospital on her birthday. Um, and a few days later after that visit, I went back and saw her just on my own and spent some time with her. And um, that was the last time I ever saw her. For a couple months, um, nearly a year later, my mom had um, some doctor's appointments and um, some results that didn't look good. And then the, her diagnosis. And right after have, just having lost someone that was very close to me that um, had cancer, um, all I could think about was um, I, um, I could lose my mom. In the same way, like I just lost someone and they have, they had cancer and now my mom has cancer and the diagnosis, the way those doctors called my mom back um, to give her results, you know, if nothing's wrong, sometimes you don't hear anything for a little while or they're like, oh, if it's nothing, you know, no news is good news. But when she had her test and this quickness with which they called her back. It's like the world <laughs> just kind of domino effect, like everything started tumbling very quickly. I was at work and I got a text and just, I came home early. It was just like, everything was just like, boom, boom, boom. It was, um, it was devastating just to hear that news, knowing full well, I just lost someone um, to cancer. And now my mom's been diagnosed and the doctors are saying it's infiltrating. And from what I know about cancer um, and the way it grows and the way it does its thing is that that's really not the news that you wanna hear. So it was a, a intense, sad, um, it was a apprehensive time. Um, my mom also made the decision not to undergo chemotherapy, which, um, was on one level scary, but on another level, um, after seeing the effects of chemotherapy on others, I could respect her decision. And I kind of was low key a little bit, maybe glad, because I was like, okay, well, maybe she won't have to deal with these types of things. But it's also a risk, as, as you know. So it's one of those things like, yeah, you don't have to deal with this, but there's also that chance that because of that choice that it may take you out. So it was it was a very rough time. Um, I, I really, I have never in my life been so just on edge, apprehensive, sad, just just every emotion in the book, just going through all that. And I can only imagine that whatever I was feeling, she was feeling more so because it's it's her that's going through it. Like you go through it with your loved ones because they're going through it, but they're going through it more than you. (laughs) And there's that weird um, kind of balance between wanting to be there for your loved one and caring so much about them and being sad and also wanting to be strong for your loved one, wanting to hold up a good face and not to bring them any further down than what they're already going through. Right. And it's a, a, balance of a line you walk because you have to do self-care you have to be okay yourself but sometimes yourself may need to cry yourself may need to scream yourself may need to be like I this is not okay like this is horrible but for the person going through it they may not need to hear you going through all that because it's their life that's they're they're the ones going through it so um with my mom's diagnosis 
all of that. Um, long story short, she did make it through her treatment. She did um, the radiation treatment. She did make it through her treatment. As a matter of fact, just this past Tuesday, she had a follow-up mammogram. And thank God um, she's all clear and it has not recurred. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing news. Yeah. But fast forward from my mom's diagnosis and her treatment, fast forward a couple of years to now the pandemic we're in. My dad had his test and his results came back and they're like, oh, your, your PSAs are looking high, but let's, let's test you again in this time and this time and this time and see if they're still high. See if it's not a fluke and see if it's not this and that. So, you know, when it came to my dad, we had just gone through with my mom. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we've been through this. Let's see how this goes. So I think even though my dad had high tests and this and that, and the tests were not looking, we were kind of, I guess, thinking maybe still hopeful, like, oh, well, they didn't, they didn't say it was for sure. So maybe there's this and that. But um, during the pandemic, um, the final result came in and was like, no, we've confirmed you have cancer. So it was weird in that my dad's persona, he's a very um, calm kind of person. My mom is the total opposite. She's a lot more intense and more like the type of person that's, act that's apt to worry or be like, oh, no. Yeah. My dad is like even killed and calm and no matter what, to the point where it's like you have cancer. He's not crying and screaming. He's, he's like, well. That's just what I got to go through. And yeah. it was different with my dad. I want to say it's because we had been through it before and we like, okay, we're going to get through this. But on some level, I think my dad's demeanor and mm -hmm. going through his cancer helped us to cope better. Yeah. Like seeing that he was supposedly okay. And I do believe he was okay. I feel like his peace about it brought us peace. Like we're like, he's Okay it's sad and it's bad, but he's okay. So I felt like I can breathe a little. I feel like he's okay. He has cancer, but he's okay. So it was a much different experience um, with the pandemic. It was hard, like anybody going through this pandemic where you can't go to the hospital with your loved ones. You can't go to with your loved ones to their treatment. Like you can't walk in with them. That definitely was hard. Because when my mom went through hers, like we were at the hospital, we were there for surgery. We were, you know, we were there every step. When my dad went through his, he walked in alone and he came to the car afterwards. It, you went, no one went in with him. It wasn't that type of support. I honestly don't know if he was preferred it that way or he wanted to deal with it in his own way and not have everybody there looking at him like, are you okay? Maybe that's a way he preferred it, but it was a much different experience. And I'm thankful that his calmness and his just calm demeanor, I think helped us through his. And he did go through his treatment well. He also, I think they caught his early enough that he did not have to go through the chemotherapy, but just having lost someone not too long ago and then having my mom have her diagnosis and then have my dad. There was a point where I was just like, you know what? <laughs> it seems like the people that I am the closest to, <laughs> just, it's like 
people, I had to come to realization and with help, I had help processing the fact that um, nothing is permanent in this life. Right. Life itself is not permanent. Nothing is permanent and nothing is perfect. This is something I learned um, through therapy and through counseling. And I still am learning that in order to be okay, in order to not spend my time worrying or being sad or being just totally um, out of place with all that's going on and their diagnosis and everything else, um, what has been help most helpful to me is actually lessons I learned from my friend that passed. And the main lesson I learned from her passing is the how precious time is. Like you always hear how precious time is and you always hear, oh, life is short and time is precious. But like, you know, and anybody that has lost a loved one that has had cancer, that has been through the hospice process and all that, I think people that have been through the hospice with a loved one, been through that process and that experience, you, we have this, this appreciation for time, like, or respect for time, I think that is unique. You can't, I don't think knowing someone that knows that my time is short, my time is um, not guaranteed. This is how many days or months or whatever. This is the time that they say I will live. I may live longer. I may not. But living knowing that definitely puts a different perspective on things. Even if you're not the, I, I can't speak for those that have had it, but being someone that has had loved ones go through that, it tempers whatever I'm going through. The dumb things that I would be t- tempted to complain about or make a big deal out of that may not be a big deal. It helps put a lot of stuff in perspective. It doesn't, not that I won't ever, there'll still be days where I worry about dumb stuff or waste time or not be focused. But if I really think about it and think about the gift of who my friend was to me before she passed and her life, it inspires me not to waste mine. It inspires me to try to make more with what I have because she would have loved to be here and to have that time and to have those opportunities. So how dare I take this gift, um, no matter what's going on in your life, if you are alive and breathing, how I dare I take that gift for granted and not appreciate it in the way I should? It just, it puts a, a huge perspective. So in life and death, I think in living with someone that has cancer or even has survived cancer, you know in the back of your head that it doesn't mean that they're out of the woods. It doesn't mean that it can't come back. Um, it doesn't mean that once you complete treatment, that's the end of the story. Um, they're definitely checkups. They're regular, like we have to keep checking in, keep looking, keep vigilant because it can come back. Um, definitely there's been cases where people, you'd be like, oh, I got through this treatment or, and then it reoccurs. So it's not ever like, Ooh, I got through that and now happily ever after. It's kind of like uh, in the back of your head, you know, um, we are lucky. We are blessed to have the life we have. 
and it is just not a guarantee um, to absorb and appreciate um, the time that you have. Um, it's, it's what sticks out in my head is um, with all that and more in COVID, I lost another pretty close friend to cancer. Hers was pancreatic and she told us, my husband and I, that she had it in December and a couple months later, we heard that she had passed. So it just, again, for this purple rhythm caused with cancer, whether in life or in death, um, is definitely, for me, brought about the importance of time and the importance of, and how precious life is and the time you have in life is. Yeah. Um, I commend you because that's a lot. Um, that's a lot to deal with. It's a lot if it was one person, but you have to deal with it so much, back to back. And um, I, I don't know that I could do it. Like, how do you, how did you stay? And still, you're so you know, like I just talked to you a couple weeks ago. Like, you're still so optimistic, and you don't seem to be. You know, you know what? Right? I have to be. I have to be, and I'll say this. Um, because of who I've lost from cancer, the person I lost to cancer, my friend who I lost from cancer, um, my coworker and friend who I lost from, from cancer, um, I can look back at her life from the time I've known her and knowing her family and people around her and say, she lived her life to the fullest. She was kind to everyone. She laughed, she lived. She encouraged me to live and laugh. She would drag me out when I was like, she's like, what are you doing this week? Oh, nothing like girl we're going out we're gonna do that she pulled me into life and that was before I knew anything about I didn't know she had cancer then she she lived her life and pulled me into life from the early days of me knowing her from throughout our friendship throughout the time before I even knew before maybe before she knew I don't know when she knew but before I knew she was bringing me into life she was dragging me out when I didn't want to go out when I was like oh I'm doing not doing anything like let's do this let's do that or you know girl you got to do this like oh let's get your hair done whatever she was pulling me into life all the time that I've known her she was inspiring me she was inspiring others um another co-worker of mine and her we started this little club at work we call the the what do we call the women of change or something <laughs> and it could have been something as simple as I'm I'm getting my hair dyed today I'm dyeing my hair blonde or whatever it was it was like a changes that we're making because we don't want to be drab and sad and whatever and we're women of change we had like lunchtime meetings and be like what are we changing today or what are we changing this week or this month <laughs> I mean this woman she has such a sense of humor, such a joy, a brat uh, of life. Let me tell you what she did. One of our change meetings, she wanted to surprise our coworker. She brought some, some uh, I won't say brass knuckles, but it was like a, a bling bling, like knuckle ring that just had cha- change, like in bling, like bedazzled. And it just had change. So if you put your fist out and you had the little ring thing on, it'd be like change on your fist. And I was like, wow, you know, she that's who she was. And knowing her and experiencing like her like that, I know that she would not want me sitting around moping, sad. I think part of the reason she did not tell me that she had cancer is because she didn't want our relationship to be 
different or based on cancer. Yeah. She wanted us to have a relationship that was life, that was happy, positive, living life. She yeah. didn't want it to be about her sickness or this is what I'm going through. She wanted it to be about life. And she represented that so well. Um, to know her was to love her. Um, I can't go around moping and being sad, although I definitely was. There were some days, many days, that I didn't care how happy she was. I was sad, mad, despondent, dejected that she was gone. It was a huge loss. And um, it took a while. There are times to this day um, where I now live in the city where she had her treatment. And my husband would drive past the hospital where I last saw her and he'd be like, are you okay? Like there'd be times I'd be triggered and I'd just be like, just feeling, just be happy. And then all of a sudden not drive by and be like, oh, why am I feeling this way? And then to to remember, well, you are driving by that, that spot that was triggering for you. So like, he'll notice that I've talked about her so much to him. He knows that had she been alive, <laughs> he would have gone through her test before we got married. There's so much that she brought to life to all those around her. I know that I cannot go around moping. She would definitely not be in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't even tell me. And I honestly think the reason that she, I don't, I can't say for sure. Of course, I don't know. But looking back, I can see because of who she was that she probably didn't want to spend precious time, which she had little of, moping around about my condition, my cancer, my sickness, when we had life to be living, when we could have been breathing and experiencing life or just not be bogged down with talking about the details of sickness or whatever I'm going through or not have that be the focus or the only thing we talk about. I honestly think she wanted to focus on life and I applaud her for that. Um, I've learned so much um, from that. And I think I hold that in a way to myself too. Um, I used to be a kind of person to be like, Oh, I want to tell everybody I'm getting ready to do this or I'm feeling a headache today. I want everybody to know so they can help me through what I'm going through. But after experiencing her, I really think, for myself anyway, I respect that so much now. I was mad at first. I was like, I wish I had known. But now in hindsight, all these years later, I respect her so much for that decision. I respect her so much for that decision. And I respected her wishes not to say anything during that time. Um, And even for a while after, I haven't even said her name um, those who know me um, and know her will probably figure it out. But um, I respect her so much for um, that decision more than I, a lot more than I did at the time. When I was able to put aside my own feelings and remember that she's the one that went through this, not me, um, it helped me to position my feelings about it, I think, in a better order. Um, as much as we love those that go through it, I think it's important to remember, well, and this is another thing. Some people will say, yeah, everyone's feelings are valid, and they are. But um, 
for this particular situation, the person that she was, was not about spending time moping about what could have been, but was more about spending time on making something amazing. Mm. And I honor her life and her legacy when I do the same. Right. For her, nothing else would, it wouldn't, nothing else would do or nothing else would make sense. I get that, totally. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, it, You're it welcome. that it was a hard loss for you and um, very much relatable to my story without knowing and then just having the bad feelings and trying to learn how to cope and deal with it and, you know, still honor, you know, the loved ones that we've lost. So that's amazing. Um, like I said, it, it's foreign to me to even think about you having to deal with this um, over and over and over and over again. But, you know, it, it's a sad conversation, but I know that there's so many people out here dealing with this. And if it's not cancer that they're dealing with, their parents could be, you know, it could be, you know, heart disease or anything else that someone's parents or close loved ones are going through or they, you know, passed on and they're having to deal with it. So I think it's very important to um, have these conversations and be able to have people give different perspectives on what they did. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's super important. Also, it it doesn't make you feel better to know that, you know, someone's hurting or has hurt like you've hurt, but it makes you feel less alone, if that makes sense. Mm, definitely, so, definitely. I feel like, just to kind of go back to when the person had asked me earlier about, you know, my feelings and coping with it, I felt, I felt alone a lot. I felt like everybody that was telling me, I'm sorry about your loss, I'm sorry about your loss, I, I, I got to the point where I hated hearing it, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I wasn't upset with the people that were saying it, but, like, I just hated it. Like, I'm sorry about your loss. You know, my condolences. And it's like, that does absolutely nothing for Nothing. Me. You know? And it's no, it's no, nothing against them because I know that they're trying to be nice and they care. But at a certain point, it's nothing. It's nothing against them at all. And I just remember, like, um, being at my mother's service, and you know, you sit the front two rows of the pews, and people come up to you and they give you hugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I had one of my nephews next to me, and. Uh, I think he was maybe like 15 or 16 at the time. He and my mom was really close. And he might have been a little bit younger. He might have been like 14. I want to say he was like 14, 15. And he um, he was like, I wish people would stop coming up to us and telling us that they're sorry. And I think mm. so bad because, you know, it's hard for him losing his grandma at 15, 16 years old. And I'm 23. And I'm just like, I know how you feel. Like, it kills mm. me. You know, it's it's, a, it's it's supposed to be helpful, and it's like you don't know what to say. You know, you don't know what to right. Say. There is nothing good to say, really. There's nothing, and it's like you don't want to be mad at people. You don't want to be angry and frustrated with them, but it gets on your nerves. And to be, mm. like I said, it's not that you want to. You want other people to be in your pain and you feel in your shoes, but 
I really only felt like any type of sol- solace or comfort when I talked to people who had experienced a loss. Maybe they didn't lose their mom, mm-hmm. dad. Maybe they lost, you know, their best friend or a cousin. But that's the only people I really felt even comfortable talking about, you know, my mom's death too, because I felt like, you know, you can't relate to me. You know, if you haven't received mm-hmm. a close death like this, you can't relate. And, you know, you're not mad at the world. You're not mad at people because they've never had anybody to die. You just have a, it's just, it's just so, I don't know. I can't, I think of the word. It's just so hard, you know? And you're mm-hmm. feeling, and you're trying not to be mad at other people. And like, as you grow, um, as I started growing and then like getting older and then my friends started losing, you know, their grandparents or their parents. And, you know, the only I just tell people is like, I understand how you feel. And if you want to talk, I'm here. Because you right. learn that saying I'm sorry for your loss or my condolences is really aggravating sometimes. Like, some yeah, probably deal with it. But I was one of those people like, oh, stop. <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Yes. And I will say everyone is different. Some people, they might crave that like that might soothe them that might heal them that might help them but I know for me when I went through my loss there it was all right after the memorial service you know it was that moment everybody is there and everyone is you know I'm sorry this and that and the other but for me one of the it gets it's it's not even it wasn't even so much the service it was after the service when the service was over and that was the real alone time, everybody's there at the funeral. Everybody's there at the memorial service. Everybody's saying what they say and doing what they say. But the time after that, that's when you need people to reach out. That's, that's when you need people to check up on you. Be like, how are you doing? Um, do you need anything? That's when you need it. I felt the most alone. The most alone after the service. It was a time when everybody was ghosts. I was like, where where did everybody hey, where did everybody go? I'm here struggling and nobody's here. Yeah, like I felt that even way with my siblings. Like I was just like, you know, angry. Like you you guys act like my mama didn't just die. You know, she's our mom, but you know at that point it was like she's my mama. Like I'm my earphones just dropped. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. No problem. So I'm here looking for it, but I do have I think I'm on speaker now. So I'm hearing you now. Okay. 
I was just saying, like, how hard it is. Like, you go through, you know, your next holidays and birthdays and things without people. And, no, I don't think people even, like, think to call and check on you. Like, hey, how is this going for you? You know, being your, you know, first birthday, your first holiday, your first whatever without your right your person um, that you love. So, yeah, it, it's, it's super difficult. But it's – and it can be sad. Um and you know, I'll, I'm apologetic if you know I've set up any heart rough feelings um, for you with this. But I do know that you know people need to hear you know these stories and these experiences. So I just want to say how grateful I am for you even you know um, wanting to participate because this is a hard conversation, right? And- yeah, but thank you for the invitation. Um, it is definitely healing to talk about it. It has been healing for me to talk about it as well. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate it. Um, and I absolutely adore you. Whatever other episode I can think of <laughs> to talk to you, I probably am going to do so. so. <laughs> thank you. And of course, of course, definitely, definitely. Appreciate you so much, and thank you so much for sharing. Um, You're I'm, so welcome. Thanks. Um, you have a great night. Okay. You too. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.